0: Welcome to the Talk and Chatter Experience powered by Gasoline Alley Harley Davidson. Today's guest is current GRM Motorsport Racing Driver, Nathan Hearn. Welcome, mate. Thanks
1: for having me. Cheers.
0: Mate, no dramas at all. Thanks for taking the um what is it about two hour trip?
1: Yeah, uh, two and a half hours. Two yeah. and a half hour trip. Nah, no, it's all right. I'd do it I was gonna be doing it to any either way. So um yeah, got a few hours off work and then head back home and go back to work, so
0: mate, what a year for you, eh?
1: It's yeah, it's been busy. Um obviously with the whole uh, GRM stuff coming about in the S5000 last year and, and racing it this year then doing double duties. It's been pretty big Um, as well as that working and, and trying to make a a living and and save some money Um, has been, you know, it's a good challenge, but it's a good problem to have, you know, I've only got really a three year period. I've set myself to make it in racing. Um, So I'm just going to give it one, one shot in in the three years and, um, and see what we can do.
0: Who is Nathan Hearn? What do you, what are you currently doing?
1: Um, So yeah, I'm 18 years old. I'm I'm from a small town called Lismore, New South Wales, more specifically Wyrella, which is uh, just a suburb out of uh, Lismore. Um, I've been racing since I was six years old. After my dad had an accident, he couldn't race anymore. He decided to sign us up for for racing. And um, last year I I moved, uh, well, GRM sort of picked me up to, to race for them and and I've been doing Trans MS five thousand this year, and, and double duties at most events since they're both under the ARG banner, and and racing two cars one weekend. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been a good year. Just you know, just a normal young bloke trying to make it. There's a million other Nathan Hearns out there. I'm just trying to make myself the one that makes it,
0: mate. The the thing I like, we we've worked together a few times now. The thing I appreciate so much is is we mentioned it before the show, just work ethic. You like, you just work so hard. Like generally not just the athlete of being a driver you've got this massive work ethic where's that come from?
1: Yeah probably my dad um, yeah. and as we were talking about before um, you know it's it's comparative probably to to blokes my age and, and to my generation trying to make it in racing and the blokes who are in you know different categories that are, are below the top tier I'm, I'm working hard um, you go back to generations to when they you know balanced full time job balanced working their own race car and, and drove themselves I'm sort of probably working the same if not less than what they did so i think yeah it's sort of come from my dad he's he's come from a humble background you know he's he started from one truck and he's built it into the empire it is today and and you know 80 trucks and obviously you know racing is a a financial sport um i've been fortunate enough position with dad um i've i've had enough money to go racing i haven't had as, as much money as some to you know get into motorsport and to um go straight through the pathway of of, of what's recommended and, and making it straight to the top. I've sorta of had to divert and, and make my own path and and that's been a challenge, but it, it all makes it all sweeter, to be honest. Um, you know, everything I've I've had so far in racing sort of been through both mine and my dad's efforts and um, yeah, it's been pretty cool. Um, you know, it's it's good to do it through th- through the way we have. Um, you know, it was only twenty nine. me and Dad were working on the car herself and, and set the car up herself and come from speedway where dad raced for 25 years we never set up a bitumen car and in our second round we beat Aaron Seaton and Glenn Seaton and, and George and Andrew Medici, and all these big names who, who dad watched uh, growing up racing on tv and racing Bathurst and um yeah we we managed to to beat them on track which is pretty cool and and now this year of course as motorsport goes it's stepped up uh we couldn't do it ourselves anymore uh, it's just too hard so we've we've gone with Dream Racing Australia, Trans-Am and and. GRM's just sort of come up out, out of nowhere and and just I've been mean, honestly kissing the ass by ferry with that opportunity, so I've <laughs> just got to um, take it with both hands and run. Wait,
0: how like when we were working together last year, like there was no talk of any of that happening. How how did the G R M thing come about?
1: Covid. <laughs> <So it's, laughs> Thank um, goodness for covid. <laughs> yeah, actually, there was a number of different things. In in 2019, Gary saw me and Dad. They were testing the S five thousands. I think is the first time with the final finished product yeah. uh, James Golding and who's now a teammate which is pretty cool um, and Richie Stanaway were driving the car um, and they had a TCR I think MOF and there was one other TCR there that they were testing yeah. Gary came out and, and I was driving some laps around the track and, and just getting a feel for the car and, and that was our uh, second ever time testing it so we'll, we'll just Throwing different shocks and stuff like that at it. So and what that, car was this? This was the TA. The, yeah, TA 2 yep. So Golf Western. Yep. Car. Your car. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. The first one. And um. Yeah. So Gary came out and and Dad's seen him watching it. So Dad's gone up and going to talk to him because obviously Dad's you know growing up watching supercars and he knows Gary obviously and
0: he's he, a personality around there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So he's gone up to to Gary and said, "Oh, what do you think of the Transams?" He's like, "These real fucking race cars." Like, sorry to swear, but yeah, he's he's, <laughs> he's, he's he was happy with it. So um. Yeah, and after that, you know, Gary sort of kept an eye on us and, and we talked a little bit. And, and then uh, Adelaide um, in 2020, we went there and, and we were talking to Gary. We introduced him. That was when TA2 and Trans Am sort of had their split. Yep. Um, and we were introducing them. there, sort of the happy medium to to bring the both parties together. And we were introducing them to all the people they needed to know. Um, and then after that, we had a drive shaft failure in race one I drove from the back to third in race two and passed Gary's car in the last lap, which is which is good. Yeah. Um so they took notice of that. And then COVID hit and um we were doing the ARG Esports series, which is all the F three and, and T C R stuff. Uh, I went pretty good in that. Uh one round at, at Spain we had Oscar Piastri join. Um and I was the only one who who kept up with him and, and gave him a challenge. And Barry gave Dad a call and said, Oh look, he's quick in an open wheeler he's he's obviously quick in the T O two. Do you wanna put him in S five thousand for a test day? And we done a test. Uh, I remember going out for the last session. I was absolutely rooted. My neck, the left side of my neck was all torn up and I was just absolutely stuffed in the day. And um, I just said to myself, oh, I've got one more chance to, to make an impression here. So I'll, I'll give it a red hot crack and send it and got within half a second of, of going in on my first go and um, a second clear of anyone else who tested. So it was cool to do that. I, I knew that it was either going to end up me spinning off into the grass or or pulling the light together. And yeah. um, I just hung on and, and done it. And then... After that, um, COVID hit. Well, COVID was already a thing, but that was the se- before second wave. Mm-hmm. Um, once the second wave hit, me and Dad took the car back home from Melbourne. Uh, we ran ourselves again at Townsville. Uh, then we done Bathurst and we done another event, uh, QR actually with T 2 um, But it was after Townsville, um, Barry and Gary got approached by the Everinghams to run a wild car to Bathurst. Um, mm. So they... We're watching the, the, the Townsville Tim Tops right at that time. This is how Barry described it to me, and um, they're watching it, and and they're just trying to figure out who we're going to put in the car. What's what, you know, what are we going to do it? And um, they've talked to Gary and Barry are talking, and and Gary said, "Oh, we'll just put Dylan O'Keefe in the car, who's been driving with them for yep. a while. He's he's been their their trusty driver, and because um, James Gohan already had a had a seat, um, and they said, and Barry's like, No, no, think think about someone we've we've just previously met.'" and um and Gary's watching tv and saw my car come up and it's like yeah okay we'll put him in and it was it was pretty cool because um we we're coming back from that event and I was talking to dad and saying well look how much is a sprint car to run for a year do we just go speedway and and save a bit of money so I can race for longer um yeah. for me I don't care what I race as long as I race uh, you know I've grown up as a kid pushing matchbox cars around in dirt and and having fun in dirt I've always been um paddock bashing and everything like that so I've I've, I've loved dirt my whole life and this bitch a chance. Um, mm. So I, I honestly, I didn't think anything was going to happen uh, after 2020 because, you know, I thought I put in enough hard work and performances for it to, to happen and I wasn't really getting any signs. Um, and then, yeah, they called up Dad and said, oh, look, this is what we want to do. Is, are you interested? And, uh, about the wildcard of Bathurst. And Dad said, of course we are. And that was all good. And, and they wanted to feel my reaction on a Zoom call and, and, you know, post it up because it was, you know, if I reacted how, how I was meant to. So, Dad was too excited and he let it <laughs> slip to me. But he said, oh, no, it's a wild card is in they're starting a new Toyota 6 team. Yep. So, they want you, James Golding, and, and this Tyler kid to um, to, to drive Toyota 86 as a Bathurst.
0: Oh, so nothing about the supercar. Nothing about
1: supercar. No. So <laughs> when we supercar. So, when we'd done the call, Gary and Barry didn't mention the supercar either. They said, um, oh, we want to do a Bathurst wild card with you two boys in the car and, and all this and, and talking it up. And I could see everyone... Was just looking at me like, why is he not reacting? Because I was thinking it was eighty six. So I was like, oh yeah, no, very good, very good. <laughs> and then right at the end, they've said, um, "Rider Boys will organise a winter test in the supercar um, in a couple of weeks, so just get ready for that." And as soon as they said that, I was like, oh, like, yeah, yeah, I was this uh, is real. Yeah, I was, I was shocked. And then they ended the call there. Then after that, I was talking to dad, and and he told me that it was in the supercar. I, I'd, honestly, I didn't know the whole time. And, and then once he told me that, I was, yeah, I was out for work for the day. I took the day off sick because I was, um. I didn't know what to do i was i was bloody crying laughing vomiting trying to go to sleep like yeah it was, it was crazy it's a huge thing yeah oh, i mean it was the biggest thing in my life really and yep. still to this day you know i wish every person in in the world got the opportunity to experience the emotions i did for that day mm. um you know i felt like i was you know on top of the world and, and the best thing since I spread really um it was just cool to you know finally think that all the work and, and all the time I, I could have given up and, and didn't yeah. um, was actually going to pay off one day. And, and yeah, I was, I was keen as being to get into it.
0: Townsville must have changed some things. Like, your your phone probably lit up after Townsville because you got so much media attention up up in Townsville. The drive that you put on was... Yeah, it was good. It's, I remember um, messaging you thinking, mate, you're a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, it was good because we didn't have the car set up right at all. So that's probably yeah. what made it look so good. And, yep. you know, the car was sliding everywhere. And yeah. we didn't really bother too much with set up as, you know, we didn't have a our own seat in there to push us. Um, mm. So I was sort of just, you know, having fun and, and enjoying motorsport. And that's what was so good about 2020. I, I've, I stepped back from the competitiveness. Obviously, I still wanted to win. Yep. Um, but since we were doing multi-class racing, uh, I was just having fun and, and just driving. We managed managed to pick off a few Mark Mark II cars, which is the uh, the Mustangs, which are pretty well like a supercar, um, with more aero.
0: Well set up, vehicle. yeah. Well yeah. set up,
1: yeah. Um, we managed to pick a few of them off. Granted, they were gentlemen drivers in them. Um, but yeah, they had a bit of fun and skidded around, and and yeah, we got some TV coverage, which is good. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was cool to just get back into a race car. And I think that was the most grateful I was to actually hop into a race car because it was so long. Since I actually did drive and and to do it at Townsville and on a street circuit and and you know in, in the car where it was just me and Dad running it and one of the boys Frank from from Dream Racing it was awesome fun.
0: Mate, yeah, it was cool, very very cool to watch. So what what did what did it all start like? Carts? You did carts obviously through. You're a Formula Four champion, first state champion, obviously two states. Yeah. What, what was the what was the bitchman thing at the start? Obviously carts. I'm guessing. Yeah, so
1: karting. So dad always raced Speedway. Um, yeah. He had an accident in 2008 in an off-road buggy, yeah, right. uh, which broke his back. So disintegrated three Vertebrae. I think it was his C5 to C7. Yeah, right. Um, so he's fused from his neck all the way down. Not
0: um, not in, in a track like he was out?
1: No, nah, no. Nah. Oh, it was on a... I'm not too sure about off-road buggies, but it was in like the off-road buggy races. or so like... Oh, yeah. Uh, what do you call it? It was down in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just off road ones in there, f- like sort of like rally, but in the in the buggies. Yeah, so, yeah, off road thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he he sort of kept that. Well, we don't talk about that much, obviously, yep. but he doesn't care about talking about it. But it's just not something really. Bring That's up. a part of life. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So um, yeah, they were going I think 240 k's an hour, and and Dow was the navigator. Yep. Um And they're coming into a little dry creek crossing, um, and then as they're coming into it, all mates just hit the brakes just before it, and it's just bit dive pitched into the embankment on the other side and launched it up and yeah broke his back and put him in hospital so nearly killed him but yeah it's motorsport and it was stupid enough to sign us up about four or five months later after he recovered so So, that was
0: how yeah literally then yeah yeah
1: yeah so the whole the whole pathway was already pre-planned um sort of go wait for dad to finish his race and he always wanted all three of his kids to pit crew on one of his race cars yep um I was always too young, so he's waiting for me to turn 12. Mm-hmm. I was six at the time, so he had a little bit longer, right? A little ride. bit longer. Yeah. Um, and, the, you know, my whole pathway is just going to be wait till I get old enough, yep. go junior sedans, um, then go productions and wingless and modifieds or sprint cars or wherever I want to go from there. And and that was sort of what we had planned. Yep. Um, then go-karts started because Dad obviously couldn't race, so he, he didn't want us sitting around. and. I fell in love with karting from the first test day I had done. Uh, we went to a Lisbon come and try day and yep. I only could do laps by myself. But after that, I was just in love with it. And uh, dad said, you have to give up. I also love mo- racing, well, riding motorbikes. And dad said, you have to give up bikes if you want to race karts. So, sold me P P50 straight away. And cool. um, yeah, she was gone. And and we got a little, um, one of those old buggies with a little roll cage over it, like a little bar. and I oh, like a Honda Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah them little things. And um, I've just cruised around that every day and, and loved it. So, yeah, and then that's where me racing addiction started, really. So we—I started racing when I was six. I wasn't really allowed to until you we seven, but we knew the guys at the club, so they let me do a few <laughs> races. So nice. Um, and then, yeah, ever since then, I've—I've, I've, you know, I done soccer and different stuff, but I—I gave them up pretty quickly to go racing.
0: It's it's um, once you're in, it's hard to get out, eh?
1: Exactly, and it's yep. it's. Looking back, and I know the wish Dad got me into like tennis or something like that, where you know there's a lot of profit. <laughs> Racing, there's not much profit. Yeah, um, a lot of money burnt, but yeah, it's it's but it's such a good sport and it's so good. You know, me and Dad have such a good relationship, and as well with my whole family, I guess, because um, we spent so many days on the road together. If you didn't get along, you yeah you wouldn't be on the road for so long together. So um, no, it's it's awesome fun and probably counting as the best days of my life really. Um, really? so far. Yeah, just because it was so much more fun and yep. and you could enjoy it. Um. Getting into stuff we're doing now, it's it's real competitive and you have to, there's so much pressure. Uh, even though everyone tells me not to worry about it, it's, you know, I know one little slip up can ruin my career really because mm. um, you're on such a knife edge. Uh, you got to perform every single time. If you go crap at one event and you go off on camera or something like that, um, then, yeah, you can live up to a reputation. So, it
0: must be hard, mate, to, you know, that deep breath, like something goes wrong, that that, that moment of, all right, I can't show this you know <laughs> yeah. i've got to go behind closed doors to show what's really going on here yeah. you know and that, that must be hard probably, sometimes
1: oh hardest thing for me because i've always been i'll admit i've always been fiery as a kid that's growing up competitor
0: exactly people so, that compete that's a hard thing to turn yeah, off
1: exactly you can always someone i can't remember who it was the thing was um from go karts back in the day i think it might be john dwyer who helped us when i was real young yep he always said to me if you can take the fire out of you but you can't put the fire in someone so mm. um yeah, so I've been trying to work on that. Um, I still <laughs> still let the emotions get the best of me sometimes, but, I, I mean, it still means I have a passion for it, I guess. So, yeah.
0: What What made you get into the TA2 car? Like, obviously, that cost is one thing, um, but what made you get into that path um, at that time?
1: Yeah, mainly cost. Um, yep. We sort of got into a crossroads. Um, we were racing more Ford, mm. and we could have done one more year in that to win a national series. We had a wretched year in 2018 where we've just anything that could have gone wrong went wrong for us um we had a bent roll bar in one of the qualifying sessions that we didn't find till race three and and in one of them things they they're so they're so light their corner weights are so sensitive um so it's like having in the right rear suspension yep
0: um so nothing would have felt good the whole weekend Nah, no it was, yeah. it was
1: a bad weekend but the whole the whole season was really sort of like that yep. just little things just kept going wrong and and ruin it for us but um yeah, we got stuck at a crossroads. We saw TO2 mucking around, and, and one of my good mates, Dewey Jones, he actually done the media for former Ford and for, for TO2. Um, so when he introduced us to Cam Sennel and Peter Robinson, and, and then Aaron Seaton got into it, and then George Medici got into it, and that's when we knew we had to get into it. Yeah. Because um, we couldn't afford to do SIP2. we done tested at Brad Jones Racing, and he said, Yeah, yeah, you got the staff, you got the staff, you're all good, you can do it. Um, Here's the invoice, and you can do a year with us. And we said, Oh, well, that's a bit, bit steep. And then we, and then um, yeah, we're just going afford to do it that pathway. So we just said, oh look, I'd rather race for ten years in, in a lower category than risk it for the biscuit in in two years. To yep. be honest, so it's it's such a financial sport, and and it can break you so much. And I, last thing I want to do is you know I've always been involved in the finances of my racing. Uh, my dad's not scared to to share how much it's costing with me. Yeah, and I I guess that's given me another appreciation of um of you know how much it is and how much of a risk that's taken to me um mm-hmm. but you hear about some other kids who you know that parents are spending hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to get them to where they are and fair enough um you know everyone loves to see their kids succeed in life and, and they're giving them a leg up but for dad it's you know it wasn't wasn't feasible to do that it's yep. um it's a very expensive sport as i've said probably 20 times already but um yeah, we just thought, you know, we'd rather race for, for a longer period of time and just see where that takes us and, and try and forge our own pathway. Um, when I fought, first joined TO2, I thought I was a and E's and then, you know, looking back on it now, it was, it was sort of just redneck racing, like the street <laughs> stocks over in NASCAR. So, um, but no, I'm glad i done it, you know, and, and to be honest, it's probably been good for me uh, to do that racing off camera. Yep. Um, There's a few silly mistakes I made um, throughout the year that if it was on camera, I would have been, you know, slapped in the wrist for, but... Um, with with driving style wise, but you know it was, it was good and, and it's taught me so much. You know, racing against George and Andrew Madiki, Um they're both very aggressive drivers. You know, they'll if they're trying to get past you and you're not giving them much room, they'll give you a door handle to say you know move over. Yep. Um, Aaron Seaton, he's a polar opposite. You know, he's he's quite generous and he'll try not to, to mark his car at all cost. Yep. So it was good to muck around with those different types of drivers and um, and they've both been through it all before. They're both very experienced. Um, and tier yeah, 2 you know it was full of, of older blokes who've, who've made themselves in business and just want to go racing a, a cool race car mm. so it's good for a 16 year old to be surrounded by all them um, it's given me a you know, I've, I feel like I've matured a lot more than, than what I would have if I just stayed with my age group and, and went through Super Two and stuff like that. Just gradually went through, and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So and mucking around, you know, with all the older blokes and getting along with them, and you know, I've, I'm sort of like a 40 year old in an 18 year old body. So it's it's it's, it's a good way weird. to say it, eh? Yeah, yeah, but
0: yeah, it's it's true.
1: Mm. Yeah, exactly. So it's um, yeah, it's definitely helped me tenfolds over for, for my racing career so far.
0: You look at the name Medecki, like racing Bathurst, like done lots of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Long career. So it's pretty, pretty, uh, and Seaton obviously as well. It's pretty, um, a lot of history there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and that's why I was so big, you know, especially for dad, because dad's watched them on TV all the time. And for me, I was sort of beyond that generation. I was behind them. Yeah. It wasn't until, you know, obviously I knew who Glenn Seaton was, but um, it wasn't until I met him that I realized how big of a deal he is, but to me. I get along good with the seedons, I get along good with the Madikis. Um, at the start madiki her and the relationship was a bit patchy. You know, okay. we got into each other a few times and yep. yeah, it was good good fun though. Was, That's you, racing, hey. <laughs> you you need rivalry, otherwise yep. it's boring. If everyone was vanilla and shook hands after every race it'd be boring. So, um yeah, you know, that was George was always the one bloke I had to beat. It doesn't matter if we finished last or second last, I was only happy if I beat him. Yep. Um, so yeah, but um and yeah, and with Glenn and, and Aaron, you know, you just sort of see him just as another competitor now and and we have that respect, me and Aaron, that we can, you know, shake hands after every race. We are a bit vanilla in our relationship, but we've both seen each other come so far. Um, and not only just as a driver, as, as a mechanic and crew chief and stuff like that, you know, Aaron works for his Super 2 team, Matt Stone, and and I try and work for GRM when I can. So I go yep. down to Melbourne a week before every race and, and work with them. Um, you know, I work up in Brisbane with TO2 on the cars just to learn the cars a bit more and, and obviously work for my dad as well. Um, so they're all flexible jobs obviously which is good so i can work around whatever one i want to do and um yeah but i've got so much respect for aaron you know he's 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 started to um push the ti 2s as far as they can be pushed and we're not just a driver who comes in and speaks to engineer you know we neither of us have engineers he has his dad i have uh cam fisher and and frank um cam fisher worked at nascar back in the day and and he's and kim james in the v8 utes and um you know he's he's been around the block a fair few times but um yeah, we're, we're it's it's we're, we're trying to find pace that cedo's got he's obviously very experienced and and knows these cars back to front um, and yeah it's just pushing us you know we have to give so much feedback to the guys to say exactly what changes need and we need to know the cars inside out so we can catch up to each other because you know one one wrong setup change and we're back we're back with the rest of them
0: how much setup is there in a ta2 car
1: not much there, mm. there wasn't much at the start now we're starting to get into the parts where every little bit counts Um Obviously, you just got all the normal geometry and stuff like yep. that. Um, so, you know, like rear trailing arms, um, roll centers, and, and different things like that. Um, in front end, you got caster, Ackerman, uh, camber, toe toe angles. So, just a general setup, really. Uh, the biggest thing is shocks. Uh, Glenn is Australia's shock guru. Um, so, we got a shock set up by him until early this year uh, when we went to another bike just to, you know, get that last edge yep. um, to catch up to them. And, and yeah, that shocks are the biggest things in them which is good and bad uh, it's good that you have that little bit of freedom in the car but it's also bad for for the bloke who doesn't know anything about shocks you have to sort of find someone who does and and it is quite costly to to you know if someone had to come into serious now it would cost him a, a fair bit more than what it did for us to get in and involved
0: and figure it out exactly yeah so when you first jumped into that car was it like what, what you come from a formula ford what was it like it was That's good. It
1: Pretty. was Yeah, yeah. 'cause I I'd done a few test dates in the supercars beforehand. Yeah. Um and I thought, yeah. yeah, I came in big ego thinking, Oh yeah, I've driven a supercar this thing should be easy and I've hopped into it. I've come into turn three at QR and I've hit the brakes and bloody rear's just <laughs> locked up and starts flying like that on me. I was like, holy Jesus, this wow. thing's, this <laughs> things are loose and yep. Yeah, it was awesome fun. I think oh, that was the biggest smile I had on my face, and it just felt like I was driving a NASCAR. And um, I've never driven one, but it felt like exactly what it would feel like. Uh, a Big clunky gearbox, you'd feel it go through every gear. Um, heaps of power. The tires are just flexing everywhere, so the car's moving around a heap. And big muscle car. Yeah, exactly. It, did, it didn't feel like a race car. It felt like a muscle car, where it's designed to go fast in a straight line and not really break a turn. <laughs> so yeah.
0: it would have been pretty cool. Yeah. What about last year when you went, when you've got your test? You went to Winton, what was that like getting in that car?
1: Very different. I felt like I was driving an oversized go-kart really. It's um they're so gripped, um, and so engineered now the supercars there. Uh, they are just like driving a KZ. I've got a KZ I muck around more Car Club in and yeah. um yeah, it's just the exact same. But I think the hardest thing for me to adjust was um steering my hands, not my feet. In the am you know, if you want the car to rotate, you'll give it a bit of a blip, rotate it and throttle out. Yep. Uh, in the supercar you have to just use your hands and um it was such a different feeling, you know, coming on corner exit, you get to flat full throttle as soon as you can. And if you have to correct, you correct the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Trans Am, if you try to get full throttle and start to, you start to slide, you have to lift off and, and wait for the wheels to come back.
0: So very uh, precise in the supercar. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. It's easy easy to get to within four tenths of the limit of the car. It's the last bit that's real hard in them. So that's what separates, obviously, like the Scotty McLaughlins and, and the rest of them, um, is just being able to push that last bit out of it and they're such an aero car to drive now. Um, there's so many things that did make sense in my head because they were, were so aero yep. uh, dependent. And now I've driven the S5000, I think I'd have a bit more of an idea in, on how to drive them. And, and yeah, they were they're very cool car, but they're also very setup dependent. Um, you can't really drive the car any harder than what you got. Uh, with a Trans Am, you can have a car set up, you know, not, not perfect and you can still hustle it to the front. In mm. a supercar, um, you know, me, James Moffat, and Tyler done two sessions each at the start of the day, um, and by the end of it, we were point zero three separated. All three of us, you know, muff's done a, few, a fair few years in the supercar, and yeah. uh, that was my first, well, second ever test day in it. So, yeah, it's um, it was different. Yeah,
0: you, when you and that, and that's something you see on the on the uh, TV, in that as well is when you see the car, the team cars are so similar. You know that that's there's nothing left, is there? Yeah. You know exactly. the car's driven to its peak and the driver's at that peak of that car.
1: Yeah, and you listen, <clears throat> I listen to Blow the Bonnet a fair bit, and yep. you hear Dave Reynolds talk all the time. You know, you're, you're absolutely cooked after you finish tenth, but when you finish first, you come out and you look fresh as a daisy, and because 'cause you're driving the car so hard, but the setup's just not there, mm. um, and that's that's a bit of a shame because you want to see the best driver in a day win, uh, not the best not the best setup car. Yep. Um, and that's where the Trans Am's so good. You know, that's why I love the Trans Am. There's been races where the car's just been set up nowhere near the pace, like Phillip Island Race Two, when I dive bombed both Owen and and Cito at the start and got in front of them and held them off for the whole race. And that was that's the sort of racing I, I love. Proper um, racing, exactly. Where yep. you just get out there and if you can get to the front, you can hold them behind. Uh, you're not just a shot duck. Um, and yeah, it was it was good fun.
0: When you mentioned mentioning before about vanilla relationships in sport. Do you feel, and this is something I see, do you feel that uh, these days the characters are starting to come back into it? There's sort of been an era of just watered down where the, the media said you can only say this, this, and this. But there's people like David Reynolds, yourself, you're, you're, you speak your mind quite well, um, starting to come back through where people are actually telling the truth and saying things that this is wrong with the car or this is what's going on. And there's not as much vanilla characters floating around. I think there's more, more characters coming back in
1: yeah and, and it's, it's yeah yeah to a degree yeah it's it's such a hard world not a sport that I think yeah as, as you did say everyone did go a bit vanilla but it's all corporate mm. um mm. so you have to please all your sponsors and everything like that and i've been I've been obviously blessed with with vaveline and through the g r m relationship we got them but vaveline I, I talked to Peter Bezgrove as a CEO with it and he um He's the first one to say, "Like, don't be vanilla. Just, just speak your mind. Just say it. We don't care what you say. Just, yeah. just go." So we trust you enough not to say anything stupid. And, um, and yeah, it's it's cool to have that that type of sponsor behind you. Yeah, you know, you get some who are, you know, you if you have a button undone, then you'll get in trouble and and everything like that. So
0: that's a bit crooked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. what is it? <laughs> no, no, but like that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. the sort of thing. Hey, so
1: yeah. um, but no, it's it's it is good that we're starting to come back to it all. And yeah, and you're still. Yeah, you're always going to have those characters who will speak the mind and, and get out there. they just got to be lucky that um, all their sponsors agree with it and and it's, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's a different world motorsport because you're not just a driver anymore. Um, if you get to the front, obviously it helps to get sponsors, but they'd rather have someone who's, who's great with the fans um, mm-hmm. to sponsor than, than someone who's running at the front all the time, so you don't have to be just a good driver nowadays to make it. Uh, you have to be the perfect package really to make it. And that's what's been so hard about it all. And, and that's why I've been using, um, probably not a good word to use, but, uh, you know, GRM as, as a, as a real good teaching tool and learning tool. Um, you know, James Moffat is, he's, he's, he's been one of the biggest blokes I've, I've looked to. He's sort of been like a big brother to me in, yep. in motorsport. Um, even though I've only known him for, well, since, uh, Winton test, which was, uh, September, I think. Um, yeah, he's just been there for me throughout everything, and, and there to there to teach me and and tell me what to do and what not to do, and and it's been good to have him. Um, obviously, Barry and Gary, they're they're the ones who who tell you what you're doing and what you're not doing right, and and they I'm pretty I think I'm pretty safe to say they're straight shooters. So yeah. if if I'm doing something wrong, they'll tell me straight away. And um, yeah, no, it's it's good to have such a, a big network behind me, I guess, and um, and to to use that to my advantage um, to learn, because you know. It, my, my racing career started with me and dad, and it still is me and dad a lot. Uh, dad sort of steps back out of the equation a little bit. He's he's still there to help, obviously, but now it's sort of fallen into my hands, and and I'm just u- using dad to to help me as a as a coach and and run some ideas off and and some different decisions off. Um, I still look after all my own sponsors and all that. I haven't got a manager or, or yeah. anything like most of my other competitors do. Um, so yeah, so me and dad just just run after sponsors and 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 try and get the racing to happen.
0: It's such a crazy thing. Like this is the time where the relationship traditionally with with dad and team, it's a hard, it's a hard time. It's so cool to hear you keep talking about it's you and your dad still.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and you see that a lot. Um, You know, you get the the motorsport dads who, who are there to, you know, look after their son and make sure everything's all good and, and get in the way a little bit. Yep. I think I'm, I'm very lucky to have dad who's, who's been through business before. He understands, you know, he's not there. He's not the one that the whole team's there for. He's mm. just there to, to you know, watch me and support me, I guess, um, and and be like that dad if I need it. Um, so yeah, I've, I've yeah, I've, I've been pretty lucky with that. And, and Gary and Barry, they get on good with him. Yep. So Gary and Barry, they don't muck around in the garage much. They they're sort of um, there to keep an eye over things and make sure everything's running smoothly and and talk to everyone and and um, yeah and just manage it. And so they get on good with dad and they can go out back and, and talk to dad at the motorhome and and um yeah it's it's just a good escape network for them really mm. is um is is Stuart and yeah, it's it's I've been pretty lucky with, with every bit of my family so far. Um, you know, I haven't had anyone who's who stepped out of line and and this you know, as I said before you have to have a full package and the full package isn't just the driver anymore, it's the whole family. Yeah. Um, you know, my mum, she she just reads a book the whole time and yeah. when I'm on track she might come out and watch three laps and go back to a book and yeah, so it's it's good to I'm glad I don't have a family that's that's too heavily involved, but they're also involved enough to to care about what I they do. They care, yeah. yeah,
0: genuinely care. Yeah, tell me about a S five thousand car. Like, what is it? The Coy- Coyote motor.
1: Yeah, Coyote. Yep. Uh, so, what's being, the chassis? What's
0: what's the details of those cars?
1: The chassis is a kind of Lizziea chassis yep. made in the US. Yeah. Uh, so based of F three. Um. So, the monocoque. So from the airbox to so the front of the engine to the to the front wing yep. is all F three um and then all suspensions wishbones bodywork uh engine um is all been designed in australia uh the wheels been done by max's wheels who's max dumsney who owns hoosier oh really um yeah yeah, yeah. so hoosier also made a custom tire for the s5000s
0: sprint car max dumsney yeah yeah okay, so cool.
1: he max and mitch and um have been running around a heap um with with trans am and s5000 now so yeah it's been pretty cool you know it's been a, a big reunion because obviously my dad raced speedway for so long and of and course, yeah, yeah. max and, and mitch and all them so yeah it's been cool to muck around with them boys and and they, they love it they're actually starting to enjoy the bitchman uh, you see a lot of a lot of speedway guys they don't enjoy bitchmen because they haven't got the big noise of v8s all the time <laughs> yeah. um they're not they're not just tin cans on wheels with a big engines strapped to them now <laughs> that the arg is coming into it we've got s5000 which is a carbon fiber box on wheels with engine strapped to it and, and the Trans Am, which is, you know, sort of like the Speedway cars with a, with a big engine and not much to it. So um, you see the Speedway boys starting to come into it more and more and they're starting to enjoy it. And I, I feel like I'm in the best spot available to um, to drive both these cars. They're, they're both amazing cars. And, and to go back to your question about the S5000s, they're the scariest car I've driven, to be honest. Um, right. Because they haven't got a heap of downforce, so you can't rely on the downforce, but they've got enough that you have to use it so you see, uh, Joey Mawson, who won the championship, he's probably one of the best open wheeler drivers Australia's produced, uh, in a long time. And, um, he's mental, to be honest, it's, he's mad. So what makes him better? Balls. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> Straight uh, up. <laughs> yeah. Well, he just, he just knows the car. So for me, yep. I've, I've never driven aero. Uh, I've driven Trans Am, which is complete opposite. Yep. We probably produce lift rather than, than downforce. <laughs> the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> um, so and it, it was so hard. Like my, I remember my first Phillip Island test. Um, I came into Hay Shed and it was flat out through Hay Shed, and I've done it all day. Then all of a sudden, next session, car just slipped on me. So I've I've come in, going through the data what it was, and the wind direction changed on me. So wow, it's you just got to be so switched on with everything, and you got to know about arrow wash and wind direction, and and how hard the wind is blowing, and um, and just predict what the car's going to do. Uh, for me, I, I've, I need another test day to learn that. Uh, I'm going to every race and I'm just learning, which is it's good, but it's not great because um, if I go over the mark and and learn too much and and make a mistake and spin, then I've lost points in championship. Um,
0: so they're a real driver's car. Yeah, a real yeah. driver's car. Yeah. So yep.
1: they're they're sort of like the old uh, Indy cars and F1s where not much downforce, heaps of power, and they just have to to drive it. Yep. Um So at, at the slow speed tracks like Tasmania. Um, and what, Simmons, Sandown was
0: it Simmons Plains or Baskerville? No, oh, Simmons Plains. Yeah, Simmons sorry. Plains yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, so Simmons Plains and Sandown. I was I was quick. Yeah. Sandown, we had the traction control stick on, so they have traction control on the wet because they were just too loose. Yep. Um. So in the last race, I was pumped. I was ready to go, and, and the car was quick and hopped in. I was behind Joey, and I've come onto the straight, and the engine just cut. I was like, "What's going on here?" And it's just gone blah 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 and taken off, and and yeah, traction control stuck on, so that was a bit annoying and. And we got to the high speed tracks of Phillip Island and Sydney. Phillip Island was actually good. So yep. test day before there, so I was comfortable with the track. I knew what everything was going to
0: do. And do you know what sort of lap, lap speed you're doing there? What, lap lap time? times?
1: Yeah, twenty uh, threes at Phillip Man. Island, I think. So yeah, that's so fast. Yeah, this quick. Yeah, I think we're doing two ninety, 290, two ninety four. I think we could yep. get down the end straight. So we're chuffing. We're like going MotoGP
0: well. qualifying is about a twenty six, I think. Yeah, but mate,
1: diff- different kettle fish. <laughs> incredible.
0: Yep. Yeah, incredible. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so um yeah, then Sydney was probably the hardest one because that was such a such a low grip track high deck. Mm-hmm. You need to drive like an aero car, you need to use aero. You yep. can't just use a tire grip like I was doing. Right. Um, so that's where Joey just shown and, and that's where Jimmy also shown as well, because he was he'd driven um driven S five thousand so much he knew exactly what the car was gonna do. Um
0: And what? why is that at somewhere like that? Is it is it the undulation obviously surface is one thing, but undulation <laughs> Well, yeah. what makes it
1: I don't know it was it was such a for me it was it was so hard because I'm obviously I had every single race back to back so Trans Am was here then I'd finish a race and um, I was on the podium every race so I'd do the podium interview then dad was on a little moped so I'd hop on the back of the moped he'd drive me down the S5000 hop a nap go straight out so Damn. I was having to swap straight away driving yep. styles and throughout the year I drove the S5000 the same as I drove Trans Am I try to make them as similar as possible so it wasn't hard to swap yep and that just didn't work Sydney and honestly i can't give you a reason why just yeah the car just didn't like it at all um i kept finding we just had so much understeer in the start of the weekend and we fixed that problem and then turned into snap oversteer and I had nothing so the car was just on edge the whole weekend and and i went on to euroz which is a simulator upstairs at sydney and and went for some live driver coaching my oh, mate said how, how are you driving how are you doing this like um it was just putrid to be honest for an open wheeler and hopped into the s5000 after that and dropped a second on a bit so it's it's crazy how it's just driving style like that and seriously it's, ju- it's just understanding the open wheeler driving style yeah. like um if you have to brake, instead of braking a little bit you're better off lifting off early nice and smooth and gradually bring it back on the throttle again wow where for me coming out of transit full throttle hit the brake full throttle and drive Chocolate. and i was yep. yeah and i was just making the car um too nervous so yeah. you you gotta think it, the under trays is, is the biggest downforce really of the s5000 mm-hmm. um so you got to keep that as flat as possible the whole time if you make that move then it will make the so if you touch a brake or make the rear lose all the, all the grip um if you hit the accelerator make the front lose grip so it's um
0: so you're best off keeping that balanced yeah. the whole time that's it, yep.
1: the hardest thing so you got to trick your brain to say you know you've you've hit the limit you're going as fast as you can the car's starting to snap on you and then you got to trick your brain to say okay there's another limit i just got to drive by this, and, you gotta come into the corner and just think, okay, I'm just gonna turn it in and hope for the best. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So it's yeah.
0: You're saying so the simulator helped there. Do you do much sim time?
1: I do now. <laughs> after after that one so I So it
0: it genuinely Yeah. For yourself it helps. Yeah, exactly. Yep.
1: So it's it's more for not really for if you're and for the last tenth. Yep. Uh, for me and a transm I don't do any sim work for that. Um it's just for the S five thousand. Now I've just got to understand how to drive an open wheeler. Um simulator, it's it's not great for learning how to drive. It's great for picking up the last little bit, type thing, um, and your driving style your imperfections. Um, I think the best thing of it is, is it's just sort of you can mimic your throttle trace that you wanna you wanna do in the in the open wheeler yep. in real life. Um, so you just copy that and see what car it works in, and what what car you make similar to it. It, it yeah it works. So you can sort of. I always try and set the car up you know, either oversteery, so I have to drive it around to oversteer and, and figure out how to do that. Yep. And then I'll set up for understeer and figure out how to drive understeer and and just try and make the car an absolute dog to drive to, to you know, and, and say to myself, okay, oh, I need to do this in real life if that happens.
0: How close a lap time are you on the sim to what you'd be in real life?
1: Um, oh, Depends. You can really get it, you can get it really close. You uh, can? S5000 is pretty hard because there, there's no proper built S5000 sim. Right. Um I know when I first started trans then I could get some within two tenths of real life, which is pretty cool. That's cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. Um and the S five thousand I could probably get it within probably five tenths, but simulators as faster as five tenths. So yep. which probably is pretty realistic. Um you know, you haven't got any risk factors so you're pushing a little bit harder. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, it's, it's the walls don't hurt cool. as much in your computer. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. It's only one button you you fix again.
0: You so. start it again. Yeah. What sim are you using?
1: uh I use different heaps Do, of different things yeah. so I've i racing Corsa, of course, uh, i yep. factor um so across it all yeah yep. yeah exactly lately I've been doing a bit of BMNG, which is actually scarily enough it actually is a good sim so wow yeah, it's um made for crashes, but it's yeah pretty realistic so
0: it's amazing how much like that and you see it in driving styles how much that's evolved yeah. drivers yeah, exactly. you know it's a yep. huge thing nowadays hey?
1: exactly and you and that's where it's so good for the next generation coming through like where you get the kids who are just you know sitting simulator all day and they're so they're quick yeah because they're just sitting simulator all day and but and the older older school drivers they have heaps of car feel where you know us younger blokes we don't have as much car feel and that's where i've probably been lucky in doing paddock bashing and everything like that mm. i've got the car feel there um a lot of a lot of young blokes now just have the just purely quick because they've done so much sim work and Ask them to set up a car in real life; they wouldn't be able to do it. Um, so, and that's that's you got to be perfect across every every level now in racing. You can't just be a really quick driver and the teams that set up around you. You need to have that that basic car feel to set up a car, and make it quick. And that's where Transamps so good as well because they move around so much. Um, I don't doubt if you put me in Cedo in in whatever race car you want, we could probably get a good setup within a couple of sessions yep. um, once we get used to the car. So.
0: Because you've learned through that.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, and and. We're, we both work in our own car, me and Aaron. Um, so, that must be a good yeah, thing. Exactly. And it, it has to help. Yeah. Um, cause we know, I, I know now if, if I want something to change, I know exactly what it is. Um, and it helps the team as well because they're not just, you know, it's, it's pretty useless. If you say I've got understeer on entry to a corner, there could be 10 different changes for that. Yeah. Now we can say, okay, I need more toe in um, cause I've got understeer on the entry. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, it's, it's good to, good to uh, be able to say it's the engineer and, and,
0: yeah, is it some, it's something that GRM's traditionally done isn't it with their drivers yep. they come into the workshop and actually work on the vehicles exactly. so that's always happened hasn't it
1: yeah so yeah for, for the guys who you know you hear that are, are, have made a career for themselves like Scotty he worked yep. there for a while as a as a fab um, Lee Holdsworth I'm pretty sure did yeah yep. Tanner yeah, did yeah Tanner did everyone yep. has really Jimmy um, yep. and Dylan and yeah Moff Moff has yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah Moff did back in the day I think Um. so yeah so everyone's just sort of go in there and work in our own car and it's such a it's because you know it's it's probably because they've set a benchmark in in GRM now you know where we're all competitive you know we all get along in GRM as drivers but we also want to beat the other guy and be the number one and in in Gary and Barry's eyes I guess um so yeah so you see like we all come in to to work and and sort of show off to the other to other drivers saying yeah I'm working like yeah it's 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 such a competition between us, uh, but we're all good mates, so it's 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 good fun. We're all pushing each other to, to make ourselves the best. Weird environment. Yeah, exactly. But you know. it's, and everyone gets along so well, even the mechanics. Um, yep. It's just a big family, you know. It's I don't think I'm speaking our school and saying it's probably not the best paying team um, in Australian motorsport, but it's it's probably the best team to be a part of. You know, best best environment. Obviously, I've been a part of many teams, but for me, it's been the best.
0: Traditionally, you hear that too. You know, exactly. across across yeah. the board, like it doesn't matter. Uh, if you're talking about 1997, 2007, or 2021, yeah. it's been a common th- common theme exactly. with that team.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. so, and it all stems from the top. You know, Gary and Barry, they they always come in with a big smile on their face and running around and love and motorsport. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Genuinely, yeah. They, yeah, they're all there just because they love motorsport, not to make money, not to not to make the best living that they could. They just love motorsport. So,
0: how'd you go with the media attention last year coming up to Bathurst, mate? You you got th- there's a lot, obviously. How'd you go with it? Like, were you 17 at the time? No, 18. So just turned 18. Just turned 18. Yeah, so... That's um, a lot of pressure.
1: Yeah, the media was probably the easy part of it all. Yeah. Uh, Probably the whole fight for the Super License was a hard bit. That was hard to wrap my head around. Um, Gary and Barry helped me a lot, and that's also where Moff came in as well with helping. Yep. Yeah, it was was just cool to... It was cool to have all that media attention. I was sort of... I, I knew in the back of my mind that even if it didn't happen, it's made me a career and that's just how I had to think of it. Yep. I just had to take the positives out of it. Yep. Um, it would have been easy to go out there and, and, you know, swear my head off and, and get angry and fire up about it, but also wouldn't be where I am today with, if doing that. Mm. So Gary and Barry, when we first got told that super license was in trouble, Gary said, just switch off your phone and turn it off. And I think that was the best thing I've ever done. To be honest, I, um, yeah, turned it off and I turned it on for work when I had to. And, yep. um, And that was about it, you know. So I haven't really, ever since then, I haven't really gone on my phone too much either. So it's just, it's such a, the media and the off-track stuff is such a a make or break for race car drivers nowadays. And I used to think, like, back when you listen to drivers say, oh, I don't pay attention to any media stuff anymore, like, you'd think, well, I mean, they're making articles about you when you want to know what they're saying. But now you sort of see why it's, yeah, it's like that. So it's... The media, at the end of the day, they're trying to make a story, um, so you just got to keep that in mind and and try not to, to to fold, I guess. Yep. And keep your wits about you the whole time, and and yeah, it was it was definitely a good learning curve to have that, um, because you know if if something else happens in in my racing career where it's, it's controversial or something like that, I can I don't know how to how to deal with it. Yeah. Reset, turn yeah, the exactly. phone off. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I still. Still answered to as many as I could because yep. um, I, I knew at the end of the day it's getting me publicity and that's what I want. That's, you know, yeah. gets the sponsors out there and it gets me out there further. Especially um, if you handle it well. Exactly. And you yeah, did. You yeah.
0: know, yeah. like if you're handling it poorly, it's a different story, yeah. but it wasn't yeah. like that.
1: Yeah, at, at the start, I was very worried because I, I was scared was scared are going to. You know, I was going to say one word wrong or one sentence in a wrong way, then it would come across in all media outlets as, as this. Yeah. Um. So that's where you have to be so careful. You have to just back yourself that you're not going to say anything anything wrong.
0: And one sentence. Uh, exactly. You know, like yeah. like we're sitting here today, we talk for an hour or whatever. Yeah. You could listen to the whole lot and go, okay, that guy's really good, but a lot of it's just this one sentence that could change everything. Exactly. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah, and and even with um, there's an article released after it. I just said, oh. If I don't get to supercars this year, I probably won't come back. I won't be able to get it next year because yep. um, I'm not going to change anything that I'm driving. And there was an article coming out saying her gives up on supercar dreams. I was like, oh, come on, like, <laughs> Yeah, and everyone's attacked me for that. I was like, oh, there it is. The, that's the one article. Yep.
0: It's so just a total twist on everything, eh? Exactly, twist on words. So. Yep.
1: And to clarify, I definitely haven't given up my dream. I definitely still want to get to the Bathurst one day. And now i am sort of changed my mindset. I've always wanted to get supercars, but... Now, you know, I'd, I'd rather be part of Trans Am 5,000 and say, you know, I built this, this category up from the ground and I was part of it from, from when it started with, you know, 20 cars in Australia to where it's at 60 now and and becomes hopefully one day premier category in Australia. But um, yeah, we'll just wait and see what happens. Obviously, I'm not against driving supercars. I'd love to. I've I've grown up loving them. Yeah. Um, but I think it'd be pretty cool one day to look back and say, oh, I, I was part of that whole transformation.
0: Have you seen, like, if you watched the, and you spoke of viewer numbers and that, but amount of people that are tuning into it and, you know, turning across to it, it's pretty exciting.
1: It is big. It, yeah. And I think Lismore has been big with it. Um, you know, I I'll, I'll walk up to the square and, and there'll always be one old bloke come up and say, oh, good race on the weekend. And, Seriously? And, yeah, that's loves good. It. So yeah. it is cool to to have that and to finally have that. Um, sort of gratification. I guess, yeah, yeah. yeah you have exactly. seen, yeah. Yeah, so because obviously I've grown up in former Ford, um, well, racing Formula Four, they no one knew what that was, and TA2. Everyone, i would, i would, everyone who asked me what do you race, I'd say TA2, and I'd have to explain it, show them different pictures and everyone like that, and and now you know I say race Trans Am, and everyone would be like, oh really, and, and and want to talk about it, and ask me what car I'm in, and it relates, yeah.
0: doesn't it? Exactly. People need something to relate to. Yeah, like exactly. a Formula Four doesn't look like anything that none of us drive. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, So and,
1: and now we've got the new Mustang and Camaro and and Challenger in it, and it's it's just cool. Yeah.
0: Now your car now and and past best looking car hey?
1: yeah i've been pretty lucky with that we've always yep. had good liveries um yep. yeah the valvoline dodge you definitely can't go past it's it's one of the best looking car. cars in the grid yeah so um yeah dodge is always we always wanted camaro me and dad have always been holding blokes our whole life but yep. um dodge was the only car coming in to australia at the time so we could so we could race the first round I'm so glad it happened it's been the best car I've, I've ever driven i've fallen in love with dodge and, and mopar i drive a jeep now just because you yeah, know mopar yeah. and support the brand so yeah. <laughs> straight up
0: yeah. what is the ta2 car what is it it's an ls yeah. ls3 ls3 crate M- motor yeah
1: um they're built by how racing enterprises over in america um so what they are is sort of sort of common to a uh, old nascar chassis hour uh, before car of the future um right. they're sort of you know just a bar car if you tore it apart and put it beside a supercar chassis, there's obviously differences, but you wouldn't be able to tell which one's which, um, just because they're yeah. Race cars nowadays are just bar cars and with fiberglass panels over them. Um, so Some of the people don't understand either. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Everyone thinks that the, the Dodge I drive a real Dodge. You know, yeah. Three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Dodge Demon. You yeah. Know. Yeah, yep. yeah. So no, nah, but um, yeah, it's just fiberglass panels on, on a on a on a body. Um, on a chassis yep. so all chassis are the same um, Ford uh, Chev and, and Dodge are all the same they're just different body panels yep. um, they've all been wind tunnel tested they're all identical so there's no advantages same spec racing everyone's got the same brakes same engine same um, tyres everything like that um, so yeah they're, they're all identical uh, and they try and focus mainly on keeping costs down um, and making sure it's only the driver that's really making the difference between the car Um you and know, that, we we could probably me and Aaron could probably hop into one of the you know fifteenth or twentieth cars and and still put it in top five. Um, so it's just good to to have that series where it's so equal matched and you have to push hundred ten percent out of your car to to get a win.
0: That's 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 a cool part of it, and it's like the stadium trucks. Hmm. You know, if you really want to, you you can drive someone else's truck. I yep. learned that the other week, and it's like that's perfect that's what you want out of racing you know exactly. where it's you know it's in here how to set it up and everything but yep. at the back of it is still the driver yeah and the exactly. ls3 is a pretty pretty tough engine too pretty tough, low cost
1: yeah, yeah. so generally the last three seasons yep. um and you know they're, they're starting to get pushed really hard now so they're starting to last a little bit less but these cars you know they are made to do 220s around bathurst not 210s yeah so they're just and the americans even like how when they when they talk to peter robinson and say well, what, what lap time are they doing? Like, we had an American come out who just won the TA2 championship over there, and he came over and raced Bathurst. I think he'd done a 220, and he was stoked with that lap time and, and you know, walked around as if he was the biggest thing since last bread and now we're doing 210s, and they can't believe it over there. So, it's we've pushed it to such a limit where the cars are just insanely fast. You know, yep. it wasn't too long ago, supercars were doing 210s. Definitely. And worth a lot more money back then as well. So,
0: what what's your time? 211, what?
1: Uh, I yeah. got down to 210.8, I got to 210.5.
0: How's the two ten mate feel around Bathurst? Not good. Must be scary, Not eh? <laughs> yeah. Not good.
1: Yeah, it's terrifying. I yeah. remember I came in from the race and I said to Cito, I was like, that was mental. And he's he's shaking his head as well. And that was the first time I've seen him red faced and covered in sweat. So we were pushing each other yeah. pretty hard and I was waiting for him to go on the fence and I told him that I was like I said I thought you were going on the fence so many times around the top and he was waiting for me to go on the fence behind him. So we were just pushing each other so hard and, and that's why it was so good to to do. Um I you know, it's probably one of the most fun races I've had um just in the fact that we came in and we we're both full of adrenaline and and you know stoked that we just what, what we've just done and and you know we call qual- we were racing at lap times or a second fast and what see they qualified with so it's uh, huge eight. yeah exactly
0: yeah I, I just yeah i can only imagine what two minutes ten around that place would yeah, be, be like especially one especially in one of those cars still, yeah you know, exactly. as well
1: yeah it's comparative in cars and around the top um, as I was saying before, from the cutting to uh, just before the great, we're yep. actually fast in the supercar, where there's no arrow, where there's no arrow. Um, after that, once the arrow kicks in, supercar has, has I say, restretched imagination. So, um,
0: explain that for us, because we spoke of it before. But it basically, obviously, the arrow for one thing, and then the tyre.
1: Tyre, yeah. So we run on the cross by who's your tyre, um, which people don't actually for people who don't understand a cross ply is is different to what your road car runs on or, or supercar runs on they run on a radial which is still still belts through the tire cross ply is like a bag tire so if, if you deflated it and put it off uh, if you let it go flat and you punched it your hand would go through it if you punch the radial you probably break your hand wow. um so they're very soft tires uh, once they get hot they're just gel you know you can put your hand through it and and reach the other side um so they're, they're what they use the Speedway and, and drag racing. So they're made to drive straight fast because uh, they flex a lot. So they have a lot of surface air on the ground. but They're not really made to corner very well. Um, so you get a lot of weird sensations when you drive a Trans Am for the first time. You'll turn it in and the car won't actually grip. So you'll turn you're it initially, car won't grip until it gets over there and then it'll grip because that's when the tyre is actually flexed and on the rim.
0: So it's like understeer for a bit.
1: Well, it's just the car doesn't move. So it's, it's, it's you're like waiting for the tyre to grab the rim to pull it. Wow. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's a crazy feeling. So you see, you actually see a lot of blokes who come in from supercars. Uh, James Boffett's coming into it now, so it'll be interesting to see how he adapts to the tyres. They can't get their head around it because um, they're, they're so used to so much grip and the car just reacting straight away. Um, when you have a tyre that doesn't react straight away and doesn't give you much feedback, it, it is very hard to adjust to. And that's probably where me and Cedar have an advantage. We can push that last tenth out of it where, you know, the guys might take a while to get up to that, that point. But you get Owen Kelly, who's, who's raced in America, raced NASCAR, who filled in for Ambrose a few times over there. Um, he's come in, he's been quick straight away. So it's it's an art to drive a, on a bag tyre. And, you know, it's probably, it's easy to go from bag tyre to radial, but it's probably hard to go the other way around. So, mm. yeah, it's mm. interesting. Feel.
0: Yeah. So every race, you're changing tyres every race?
1: Uh, every race meeting. So we get six, uh, five tyres for every race meeting. Yep. Um, so four, obviously, you go straight on the car, then you got one spare in uh, case you get a puncture or, or to run um, on the front or rear during the weekend. So
0: That caught you out at one event, didn't it, I think, um, from memory?
1: Yeah, I, th- I know what you're talking about. I can't remember which track it was, though. So, um, yeah, we've we're, we're been struggling pretty hard this year. Um, Start of weekend, so we're always... I'm driving my car 110 percent probably cedo is 95 percent yep um which obviously the tires don't like um the tires like to be driven at, at 95 or 100 not not over that mark so yep. yeah yeah it, it is a tyre management game um if i can get in front of cedo I, I can you know save a little bit of tires and and you know without the heat soak it doesn't ruin them as much Hoosiers is a bit weird they don't they don't go off wear they go off heat um heat soaks to go through them um, oh, so, so
0: uh, heat cycles. Heat cycles, yeah. Yep. Sorry,
1: that's the word. Um, yeah, so after you know, after each race, obviously, there's, that's one heat cycle. So yep. after one heat cycle, tires pretty well. Yeah, mush, um, and they obviously get worse as time goes on, but much slower than what they do from brand new. So from brand new, you got qualifying um, and start of the race, you'll be half as quick, um, then after that, you'll you'll start to fall off the off the edge. So once they get a, a big heat cycle through them, they're they're pretty rooted. So, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's different.
0: It, yeah, compared to, um, compared to other, obviously, racing tyres. Yeah. Do you have warmers?
1: Nah, 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 no. Nah, no, warmers. So no warmers? No warmers. You're not allowed anything in the cars apart from um, just spare minimum, really. Okay. Um, so, they've got air jack holders in them um, for the Asian cars because uh, TA2 Asia and TA2 Australia are identical. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, they've got air jack holders, but not allowed to run them um, just because keep keep cost, cost down. Um, but now they're actually ripping them off with the Australian cars, and, and Australia is so big now in in their production line in America that they're just making a, an Australian spec car now. Really, so, which is it's it's pretty cool to see that. So yeah, so
0: that car you're talking about with uh, James just before, yep, is that the one that's on Auto Action at the moment?
1: Yeah, yeah, the Moffa Mustang. Yeah. That looks pretty cool. Yeah, no, it is. It, it will be a nice car, and it's hard really to make a, a, a poor looking Trans Am to be honest. True. Um, yeah, they they're, they're such a tough looking car. They look like a race car sitting there. Um, yeah, and and to have a big name like Moth come into it, I can't wait. It's it's it will be good to see him drive. He's he's pretty happy to be honest. He's he's probably the happiest I've seen him since I've I've known him. Um, yeah. To to drive the Trans Am, he, he had a test day at Winton when I was down there last uh, last Wednesday, and um, yeah, he was just happy as Larry. He, he he looked like a fat kid in a candy shop. He was, <laughs> he was just loving life. So yeah.
0: How, how has the year been? Like you you were saying before, you're not flying everywhere. You're you're driving basically between. You've had a good year.
1: Busy, yeah. It's yeah. it's been it's been good though. Um, I've learned a lot, obviously, and and doing the two cars, it's been a, a big um, physical tax on me. Uh, after the Tasmania rounds, uh, we came back home and, and I was cooked for a week and, and just bedridden because I was absolutely rooted um, from from doing two weeks straight back to back yep. in both cars. Um, so obviously, I've had to step up my fitness. So I've been training every single day. Um, and doing at least two hours a day and, and trying and to get 1,300, 1,400 calories a day. Um, I've, just, I've just burned during exercise. Um, so it's it's been big doing that and as well as that, having to travel around um, to, to drop cars off and, and do different things. Um, you know, I've only, I've driven to Melbourne twice so far and, and back home um, and flown down there once and back. So it's it's been a lot of traveling this year. Yep. Um, Sydney, I go down there every once in a while to work for Fast Track for our race and do a bit of driver coaching just to keep seat time. And then I work in Brisbane, uh, two days a week, and then work at home three days a week. So enough to keep me busy and, and have a bit of fun. So yeah.
0: So is that a goal? 1300 calories output a day? Yeah. yeah Active at, calories. At least, yeah.
1: Yep. So I try and make sure that I can do that because that's in a race weekend. I can. I think in three hours at Sydney, I burnt two thousand calories straight up. So which is pretty big. So serious. Yeah. To burn 1300 in a day. I've. I yeah. use. Well, I'm, I'm not feeling as much now, but I did feel it at the start. Yeah. I was absolutely rooted. But yeah, there was a. Sydney was a big one. Yeah, I was, I was sore for a while after that.
0: So what was that? That was obviously doing the two classes.
1: Two classes. So I had... Um, 2,000
0: active galleries.
1: Yeah. So I had I had Trans Am first up, yep. and I was at like 10. Straight after that, I had S5000. Yeah. I had one category in between, which was a 20-minute out-of-the-car break. Yeah. And then back in Trans Am, back straight in the S5000, and I was done. So, yeah. So um, I think I had an average heart rate of 100 and 155 for the three hours. Yeah. Um, my racing heart rate's 39, so it's pretty up up there. Um, and peaked out at 191 in, in the S5000 in the last race, so gee, it's physically taxing uh, the S5000.
0: Do you know where the peak was? Was it? Was there a moment? Was there a... Or um, just a consistent... I
1: think it was just mainly after the... After probably the halfway mark is where I start to feel like... You know, you feel you feel one part of your body goes sore. Like you mm. say, your core is generally the thing that goes first in the S five thousand. Then you then you mentally drain and you think, oh, I'm in trouble here, because in racing you don't you can't stop. Obviously, if you pull off the side of the road, you're going to lose. Yeah. Um you've got to keep pushing. Exactly. Once you start to feel sore, you just have to keep going. It's it's not like rugby or something like that where you can just you know take a bit of a breather and, and go again. Yep. You have to just keep pushing. And, and once you get sore, there's no coming back from it. So, um, yeah, I was in bed at seven at night and woke up at six the next day and yeah, ready to go again. So. That's huge. Yeah. What are you
0: tracking? That whether you got a Garmin watch or just right, Apple Watch. So Apple Watch. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just cruise along and try and do that a It's it's just a goal to yep. to get me through and and yeah help helps keep fit and yeah helps work make it easier.
0: I just can't believe that two thousand in, in that period of time. Yeah,
1: exactly. It was it was crazy. So yeah, and you know I was I was never a fitness guru until probably Bathurst, to be honest. Um, Bathurst. Once the Bathurst scene came, I was like, okay, I, I, I know I need to improve a little bit now, and and work if we're gonna make a thousand K race, and start training every day then. And then Bathurst obviously didn't happen. I just thought, well, stuff that I've already done, it so may as well just keep going with it and yep. keep going since there. So, so what yeah. sort of
0: train you doing? Like I've been with you on obviously filming one of your training sessions. are You're still doing sort of similar setup. Yeah, or what what still same. Yeah, a
1: lot of body weight. Now I'm actually trying to start getting stronger, so I'm doing weights. Yep. Um I was fit, but I was very weak to be honest. So, really? Yeah. Yep. So. Um, as soon as I incorporated weight into, into my workouts, I was just toast. So, yep. yeah, now it's am starting to muck around a bit more weight and stuff like that. And Alan Brad from from Fred sauna—they've sponsored me, and I go on the sauna for a, an hour every day and and um, you know try and keep lean. And yep. and it's been such a—I don't know—it's it's I'm probably doing more than I have to, um, but I want to get to the point of fitness where you know I can say I can hop into an Indy car tomorrow and do an Indy 500 race and and yep. survive it really so but it's, um
0: yeah have redundancy like exactly. have excess yeah, for exactly. it yep
1: so and if i didn't if i didn't have that mindset last year i, I wouldn't have been able to do what i've done this year that's five thousand transam. trans am it's um it's definitely lucky that i kept kept at it rather than stopping
0: because there's five thousand must be so taxing even compared to the ta2 yeah
1: because they're so they're made for five foot tall guys and I'm six. 6'2", I'm six so, you know, if I stand behind anyone else in the S5000 grid, they're about up to my <laughs> shoulder and yep. like little kids running around. Yep. Um, yeah, so hopping into an S5000, they're made for a small bloke, so steering wheel's nice and close, but I can only use my forearms and my elbows to turn, wow. where you get the small guys that can use the whole arm, so it's it's, yeah, everyone's in the same boat, I guess, so you just have to put up with it, but yeah it's um
0: so they use that they're able to use bigger muscles like bicep yeah. muscles and stuff yeah, whereas exactly you're so. just coming through
1: yeah. Okay. yeah yeah so it's um yeah they're they're definitely a physical car as well and, and the g-forces we pull like we peak out at four g's at Phillip island around the last corner and yeah you you feel it you know like your next fighting against it and the helmet feels about 10 kilos heavier than what it is actually is and yeah it's cool cool though i definitely wouldn't try it up for any anything else in the world
0: Cla- that a class here to stay you reckon
1: well, Gary and Barry's behind it, so I'd say so. Yeah. Um, Gary and Barry, once once you get to know them, you understand that they're not there to kick tyres for a, for a year or two and and get their name in the name and spotlight. They're not about that. They, um, you know, obviously they like to have the recognition everyone does, um, but they're there to to make racing great again, to yep. to pinch that line. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, they 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 work so hard at it. Um, they've they've put so much finance behind it and everything like that. They. They def I, I know from a fact I've um, just of the outsider looking in that they're not there to, to muck around yeah they're there to uh, make s5000 and, and TCR and transam and the RG group one of the biggest things in Australia and um, they're not there to, to get money um, as I said before they, they're there for the fan and and if you watch Gary's um, farewell to supercars when he' done an interview saying he's he won't be coming back in in 2020 he um he, he talked through the whole thing and as soon as he got to the punters he, he got into tears which was pretty it sounds bad but cool to see um oh, they cared so much about the punters the punters were the biggest thing for him yeah and you always you always whenever you see gary at the track um you know he, he runs around like a little security camera watching you um but he's he's so big on, on all the fans and everything like that and, and and that's probably where i've been very lucky as well with dad he's um he's always been big with fans back in lismore speedway he always had posters he always had shirts he always had everything that um every kid would want Yep. and um so he's passed that down to me on you know i always have posters there for kids and i'll always you know take five minutes out of my day to to go say good day to anyone um and yeah it's been pretty cool you know i've had had a bloke at at bathurst travel all the way down from lismore come watch me race just once and and travel back home and yeah that was that was cool to see and and you know, even kids from my old school um, yep. come down to Bathurst and, and watch. So it was it was cool to it's cool to actually get there because you know last year I was only a fan, running around trying to get trying to get autographs and everything like that. So to to now be the one that they're trying to you know get autographs off is it's different.
0: I can't believe you're 18.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, you, you wouldn't you you, you wouldn't um, probably realise it because because you're part of, you're, you're in it, but the stuff that you you've done you've achieved so far and you're into it's, it's 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 such an achievement mate yeah
1: yeah i'm very lucky as mm. i said millions of times and, and it sounds cliche but you do pinch yourself every once in a while Say, so, oh, shit like through this um yep. you know like last year i was it 2019 actually sorry last year wasn't really a year um, 2019 <laughs> i came into i was at newcastle supercars and and we went there with volvo trucks and with grm yep and um sorry actually that's probably a key aspect i missed before was um we met yeah well i met gary and barry there uh so gary and barry already knew dad beforehand and they recognized him because of his mullet his mullet's probably been the biggest tool that you know he's got marketing to tool yeah that's yep. it yeah so i might start having to grow one myself but um i think it works yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah so we met them there and and i remember i was getting food at the at the corporate suite so we we're in there with volvo trucks and and james and um richie were up and fr- on, up on top and and they were Talking to everyone and had two big queues behind them signing posters and all like that and and I was just there like well, it'd be nice to get a poster but I'll, I'll just have me lunch and, and yep. I was just watching them at, at what they were doing and and it's it's it for me I, I knew at that moment I wanted to do that um, I'm not there for the glitz and glamour of it but it's definitely nice to be appreciated um, yeah. and to to do that stuff I guess and um, yeah you know I've I've always wanted to I've always grown up following racing I've always watched it on TV and I've always idolized these guys as heroes. Um, so, you know, to think that I'm I'm racing against some of these guys is, is pretty cool.
0: Uh, exactly, yeah. Mm. You, you've summed it up, at like, 100% perfect, especially in such a short time from, yeah, Newcastle yeah. 2019 to exactly. a it's blank now. year to now to be a yeah. part of it.
1: Exactly. So, and yeah, if I if someone told me that I was going to be James Golding's teammate in, at 2019, Newcastle, I would have, nah, not going to happen.
0: Yeah. Full-time supercar driver.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So it's, it's cool to, to be mixing up them guys and, yeah, it's it's um, yeah, it's definitely you know I've I've been very lucky in, in everything I've had in life and and yeah I've just got to keep at it and, and make sure I don't get a big head and, and make sure I don't burn it all up on myself. So. Hundred percent. Yeah.
0: You an IndyCar fan?
1: I have been now. I've I've always hated it because I've always you know been scared of of seeing a fatal crash. Yeah. Because um, I always saw as dangerous as. I watched uh, Scotty's first race last year, and uh, that was awesome. Loved it. It's so, incredible, huh? Yeah, hey? it's yeah. actually it's great racing for for an open wheeler. They can follow each other, and it's it's awesome racing. And I, I haven't met Scotty personally myself, um, but you know you hear all the stories about him because he's come from GRM, and and to think that he was the guy before me who Gary picked up and, and brought through, it's it's pretty cool to think you know one day I could if I push hard enough and and you know get my name out there and do enough good performances I can probably get there one day and, and yeah. you know push it so yeah that's he's sort of been a big motivator for me um I've got a lot of respect for him um because you hear when you're outside the game you don't actually hear what's going on behind the scenes and all the work and 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 all the efforts you know Scotty's he's been one it, 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 you have to sort of analyze it um when you're watching it you can see in 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 2020 when he came back to supercars um he was fit. You know, he just he lost a lot of all of his, his chubbiness because he yep. was a bit of a chubby bloke, but he's, he, he just got fit. Um, I don't know if he knew about IndyCar at that time or what he did, but he, you could tell that he just came back more dedicated than what he was before, and, and he just had that rekindling. And, and you see it with Lewis Hamilton as well um, when you analyse him. He's also probably one of the fittest drivers on that grid, and that's why he's been dominating for so long. Mm. Um, you see the guys who dominate, you know, they get to the top and, and they, they keep training and, and trying and to work harder. And the guys who get to the top once and fade away, are the ones who you know get to the top, think, "Oh, okay, I'm already, already there." E- ego I kicks just, in. Yeah, I'm just relax now. Yeah. And um and then they get swamped by someone who's working harder. So
0: these person, these people that become great, it's no accident. Exactly. It's yeah. not luck. It's yeah. A little bit of luck sometimes comes in the way. Yeah. But it's just work. Exactly.
1: It? And and there's no shortcuts to it. Um. So it doesn't matter what you do either, as long as you work hard enough, you'll get there. Um. And you know, watching my dad, he's he's torn to bits really like his knees are both gone his shoulder was screwed his back's obviously been done yep. and he's worked like a like a you know three lifetimes in one lifetime and he's absolutely rooted and i've always had the uh, mindset watching him work hard when you're younger you don't have to work when you're older mm-hmm. um so yeah just try and make something of yourself in the next you know couple of years in racing if that doesn't work out and try and make a business some of that, and and C, you always got to have a backup plan. Is, is what I've been told, and yeah, and yeah. So racing is my plan A, and and st- starting something my own uh, business is, is plan B.
0: What would you do? Don't let a cat out of a bag if if that's the case. But no, what, that's right. What would probably
1: you do? probably something mechanical and racing yep. engineer most likely. Yeah. Um, you good with that side of it? Yeah. Well, I, in practical. I'm not. I'm not really a theory kid. Yep. I hate I hate doing theory. So I hated school. Hands um, on though. Hands on. Yeah. 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 So I hated. Yeah, so school, I was, I was always good at until you had to study for it. Then, yep. I, then I went backwards. <laughs> yeah. When you actually had to work, I hated it. Um, but yeah, then engineering, you know, I've just, I love it. I love just making the car go that last a little bit. And it's it's something, you can never have a 100% fast race car. You can have 99.9%, but you can never get that last point. One. Nothing's a perfect car, Exactly. Is it? So, yeah. and that's that's why it's it's so addictive, I guess. Mm. Um, you know, you, you get to a... It's sort of like a drug addiction, really. You know, you get that first high and, and you become addicted and all you want to do is chase that high again and, and get to it. So, yeah, it's um, all I want to do is, is really achieve a, a a good result again and, and win. You know, there's no better feeling than winning.
0: What's been the closest day to a perfect race car? Car, cart, whatever it may be. Have yeah. you had one where you just get in and the setup, everything just feels 99% at least?
1: Probably Bathurst Friday practice, so then... Out of the car and saw Cedar done 210, and car was shit all of a sudden. So, <laughs> but, but it did <laughs> when you're in it, you just felt oh, you, you, you always feel like you've you got a great car, um, and then you have someone come and push you, push yep. you a bit further, and you realize it's not perfect, it's so, not in the box yet. Yeah, so yeah. it's for me, I, I don't think I've had a perfect car yet, and that's why it's so addicting. You know, I have to, me, Cam Fisher, and Frank, and, and dad, and, and all the Dream Racing crew have just been working so hard to you get know, that trans cracking. Um, and same with Timmy and, and me in the in a GRM car we've um in the S five thousand, you know, we definitely have not got that cracking yet. So there's definitely a lot more potential in that thing. Um probably both from me and the car itself. Yep. Um but yeah, look I, I think it, it's such a yeah, you're you're always coming from a race and you never feel like you're giving hundred percent. I I at least don't. Mm. I come in from a race and say, Yeah, I've done a good job then, but there was always this mistake here and, and I think that's why I've I've learnt so much so quickly um in racing I'm always one to go back through and, and re-watch races and say um look and, and own up to my mistakes is, is the biggest thing you have to learn as a driver I was always one to you know blame the car or blame something else if, if I drove off and then you re-watch any footage and, and see okay I've done this that's why I went off so race two at Bathurst was definitely one where I was you know I was not very happy watching that where I, I made one bad gear change and the rear locked up and went straight off um but the car was so on edge you know I had to just make sure everything was perfect to stay in front of Aaron yep and yeah when when you're on edge one little mistake is is turn into one massive mistake um so and I've just got to make sure I don't make those little mistakes until we get the car to, to Aaron's pace where I can drive it back at 95% and and you know stay in front of him at 95%
0: eliminate those exactly being yeah, half in the chance to make those mistakes I guess yeah exactly so yep. for
1: me the whole year in trans has been risk first reward yep. um Probably Tasmania actually um, was where the car was actually set up really well, but it was only in the last race. So we've we've struggled heaps at the start of the weekend. We've always been slow at start, um, but towards the end of the weekend we come back uh, like a steam train and and bite our way through to the front. So. Yeah. Simmons
0: Plains explains a hard place to drive.
1: Very, very hard on brakes. Mm. Um, not hard to be to be fast. Hard to get the last bit out of it. Yeah. Um, probably the same with all motorsport, really. Um, but yeah, look, it was. The last race, I remember, it was just crazy. Um, I came in I knew I had to get past Owen and I got in front of Owen and then um, once I got in front of him, my brakes started to go uh, to the floor. I was like, oh, here we go. We're on, we're on for a r- big run here. <laughs> and um, I knew Aaron was behind me the whole race and, and we have the same brakes. The, the brakes are all controlled to the car, so I knew yep. that he was he was going to start struggling soon. So I just I pulled a little bit of the gap on him and, and maintained it. And then I've come into the last lap, last corner, well, second last corner, sorry, and the brakes going to the floor. And I was like, Oh, here we go, we're in trouble here. So I went straight back to second gear, just use the engine to slow it down. And and then coming onto the straight, um, I've had an understeer and I've gone to use the brake again to get the way into the front, make a turn. And it's just no brake pedal. So I've gone straight off it, coming onto the straight and finish on the dirt. So, yep. but no, it's, it's it's cool. And and um, that was probably the race where I thought the car was quick, but yep. yeah, it was just hard on brakes, Simmons Wayne. So it, it, yeah, we felt it. The last few laps.
0: Next round's Morgan Park. Yep. How will that be?
1: Good. Um, we raced there two thousand and nineteen, second round. Uh, yep. so I think that was probably around April, something like that. Uh, so it was a bit hotter back then than what it was, than what it will be. It should um, be cold up there. The yeah. Mm. Yeah. colder in the morning, hot during the day. Yeah. Um, and we got our first win there, which is good. So it's it's a bit of a track where you can't pass. Um, so we're just, qualifying is going to be important. And now yeah. we've got so many big names, Tim Brooke, Moff, Owen Kelly, Cito. Um, Yeah, it's it's going to be, you know, if I can't qualify in at least first, second or third, then I'm in trouble for the weekend.
0: Sort of, uh, your, your position is determined, isn't it? Exactly. Like, what, and before you get there. Yeah. yeah,
1: and we've we've always struggled with qualifying. Um, I was going through driver database the other day, which is, you know, shows you all your stats yep. from your career. And, and then we've got 180 races and eight poles, which is... Not good. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's it's qualifying is definitely something we've got to work on. Uh, both myself and and the team as as a car package. Yep. Um, but yeah, Morgan Park would definitely be one that's interesting. And you know, if if I win the next race, means we're tied on points again, and it will just be a dog fight on who wins the most races to to the end of the year because so we finish on podium every race so far.
0: Where does it go from there, Morgan Park? June. Sandown. Sandown is Sandown the, last round. the last round. Yep. Yeah.
1: It's, it's September, and that's also the first round of S five thousand. So my goal for morgan park is get the championship lead yep. um and or at least tie with cedo uh, coming into sandown to take the pressure off yep uh, cuz double duties doesn't help so it's it's i can't focus 100% on the S, on the because um, i've got the s5000 there i got to focus on as well um so yeah i got to have to you know pull me skirt up for morgan park and give it get a crack so it. yeah
0: does having having the experience of uh, gary and barry do they mentally help you with things like do they you know tell it? slow things down like obviously turn your phone off that's that was a simple one yep. but they help you with a lot of other stuff like that
1: yeah it's it's been pretty cool like this year i've lived down in melbourne more than i have really at home yeah um, it's probably been half and half so far this year mm-hmm. and barry's barry and his family saw sort of turn into my melbourne family um big cliche to say that, but they have uh, yep. I've, I've been staying with them a lot and and gary and, and barry and, and Moth, they've, they've all been there for me and, and to help me and um I had a meeting with Barry and Gary. Just check in, make sure everything's going all right. And and you know they Gary's he's he's like a wise old um, monk, I guess you could say. Yeah, I think that's the word. Motorsport you know. monk. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, he just <laughs> everything that comes out of his mouth, yeah, out of his mouth, he got to write down. So it's just words of wisdom, really. Wow. Um, so probably not pumping up his tyres too much there, but no, oh well, um, yeah. So it's good to talk to them guys, and and they've been through it all before. And and Gary, you know, he's. He's sort of the judge in in motorsport in Australia, at least. Um, you know, the last guy he put through is probably the right the right guess for Scotty. Yep. Um, you know, he, he's he's definitely picked the right guy with that one. So, and I just got to try and live up to expectations and and you know make sure I can try and be the next Scotty. Um, but in saying that as well, I've got to take the pressure off. Um, you know, I I had a meeting with Moff down in in Melbourne as well, and he's sort of been the big brother of the whole operation, I guess. Um, and coaching me through it all and and you know he's 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 told me a few things um that i need to just you know take pressure off myself and just enjoy yep. it um because he you know he drew a lot of similarities between me and him from when he was my age he was yep. a bit fiery and and got into it and, and had the passion but he's always quick but he just wanted to win all the time so um and at some time that, that doesn't help um mm. so sometimes he's got to ride the, the bar with the good and, and cop it and um yeah he he He's definitely been great for me in and that and, and I'm, I'm happy with the situation I'm in at the moment I've, I've got that support network behind me to catch me if anything goes wrong and and yeah They're gonna help me through thick and thin and I know they got my back So as long as I'm with GRM, I'm, I know I'm pretty safe. Yep. Um, Just gotta you know make sure I don't burn any bridges and, and can just keep with them for as long as possible.
0: Keep working. Yeah, exactly You driven a TCR yet?
1: No, I haven't. Have we've, we've joked about it a few times to do to do the trifecta, mm. run three calories oh, in one weekend. So.
0: You have to burn like 2,000 calories a yeah. day. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't say no to it. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd give it a crack. It looks like a bit of fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're just a big go-kart really is what Moffs described it to me. Is as that as right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and they, they're loose as under brakes in the style of the races because the rears can't get any temp. So, obviously, yep. with the rears, you can't turn them. Yep. Um. So, fronts, when we're warming up tyres, we turn steering wheel and warm warms them up and, do a few burnouts to get the temperature to the rears, but the TCRs can't do burnouts in the rears, so they're they're just sitting there and and just like a shopping trolley really. Just want to keep coming around. Yeah, exactly. The rears can just do whatever they want. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's it'd be definitely something I I wouldn't say no to. Um. But I wouldn't say no to driving a Hyundai Cell to be honest. So as long as we're driving. I just want to drive them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that will be interesting. So we we'll just see what plays out in the future.
0: Awesome, mate. Where can people find you online?
1: um yes yeah, so i on facebook instagram right. um youtube pretty well everywhere so you've,
0: just, you've marketed yourself you know you're everywhere so you're yeah, on all the platforms
1: trying to yeah it's social media is something I've, I've definitely got to work on in the future i haven't really got time to muck around with that so i'm trying to trying to do it but yeah i don't know my life's not that interesting so
0: it is <laughs> 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 no thank, thanks mate right. um thanks gen- genuinely uh appreciate everything that you're uh you're achieving and you know, we we've worked together for a few years, and since you're a sixteen-year-old kid, basically, yeah. um, but you've never been a kid. You've been a genuine adult that has a has a fantastic conversation each time, and appreciate everything you do, mate. Oh, so well done. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me, mate. No, nice.
1: nice. thank you.